going on, everybody? <clears throat> oh, <coughs> excuse me, as uh, I think everybody knows what just occurred. <coughs> anyway, welcome back. This is episode three. And I know I'm a bit early on this one. Uh, it would usually come out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, you know, following a Monday Night Football. <coughs> but today... I'm bored as pissed dog, so we're just going to do it early. Anyway, so for this one, I mean, I'm still trying to work out, like, what I'm going to do week by week. I'll look at all the matchups, give a prediction, <clears throat> give some players I think could break out or do piss dog. Um, review some trades, maybe. I don't know, dude. Anyway, let me recover a bit more here, and we will jump into my predictions for the games. All right, doing a bit better. Um, but I still am trying to work out kinks and everything for what I'm going to do each segment and everything, but I'm definitely going to start this one off with, uh, my weekly predictions, I guess. So we're going to start with, uh, me against Mac. And I mean, also I have to have a disclaimer. It's pretty tough to do predictions of a team weekly right at the beginning of the year. I mean, you kind of just have to look at who you think is going to get more touches. And in this instance, if you piss dog your team, man, what's the piss dog count? Like three now? I got to relax. <laughs> if you manage to throw your team away before week one, like I did last year, then obviously I'm not going to pick you. But for the most part, nobody's really done that yet. So um, this game, though, I really think Raheem Mostert's going to have a good game. Sole fact, broken record, NFC Championship game. He has to out-touch Tevin Coleman for that fact. I don't think you can really give Coleman more touches than Mostert week one. And I really like Eckler against Cincy. I mean, that's a fucking great matchup. And obviously, I still have Fournette. And you just don't know what you're going to get with Fournette yet. So I'm going to give this one to Knack. The piss dogs, that's four now. He caught me on that. That's not fair. Anyway, I'm going to give him the W. Uh, now we got no glove, no live. And the commish. Oh, somebody wants backup. Somebody wants backup on the bed. You crazy? Get up here. Um, so this one's actually going to be really close. I'm going to be honest with you guys. And it really boils down to me. Sony Michelle and Le'Veon Bell. That was not meant to be a rhyme. But what Le'Veon Bell will be getting out of New York this year. Has he lost a step? Matt Barry thinks he's lost a step. Well, Matt Barry better shut his fucking mouth. And I'll tell you <laughs> I'll tell you why Matt Barry should. Because Le'Veon Bell is the type of guy to go rip you on Twitter just for saying something like that. And Matt Barry's got kids. He's got, you know, gorgeous wife. No, I'm playing. He has to be scared for his life with Le'Veon Bell seeing that. No, I'm just playing. But I'm just serious about Le'Veon Bell has lost a step. I also fucking think it, so I can't tell Matt Berry to shut up. I'm not even concerned about Le'Veon Bell losing a step. Workload is what I'm concerned with, because hell, Frank Gore and LaMichael Perrine are fucking <laughs> outplaying this guy in camp. How long is it going to be before Adam Gase says, like, no, I just would rather have the better running back on the field. I don't care how much we're paying Le'Veon Bell. Shit like that happens, but we'll have to see. That's irrelevant as of week one. Both of these teams, I'll be honest, have some really nice matchups. And, I mean, I really love Cam against Miami. So, I really don't... I mean, he obviously got given the started job a couple days ago. But, 
I think you're going to get a top 10 season from Cam Newton because Cam looks fine. He, I'm not even kidding. Like, this guy looks like the injuries are behind him. And obviously, he had a full, you know, however long he was out all last year to just get back to full health and, you know, work out. I mean, waited all summer, signs his deal. That was a great quarterback pick for Trent's, but I love that matchup. But if I'm going to give Clark, I mean, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey in the opening week every week. I don't care. I always take the fucking good players when I'm opening weeks because they just come out and they fucking show out. And you have to honestly think, well, he still has Adrian Peterson in his starting lineup, so he's going to have to do something about that. But uh, come to think about it, who the fuck is he going to put in there? <laughs> um... I guess Frank Gore, nothing wrong with that. He's done it before playing two fucking running backs and Frank Gore's one of them. So you know what? He's always the one who ends up doing that. Anyway, if it comes down to it, I'm going to give this one to Trends. Next, we got Chark Week and the Quarterback Factory. Um, well, the Quarterback Factory seems to be a little fucking broken right now. I'll be honest with you. So it's out of commission for a while. But uh, this all depends also as with my game. Is Fournette going to actually get decent workload in week one? I don't think so. I would imagine Rojo, and I would honestly say Bruce Arians, for the most part, is going to give Rojo an opportunity to keep his role at the beginning of the year. I partly agree that, yeah, Arians has been known to lie about his running backs, and it's Leonard Fournette. But at the same time, I think this is more of uh, using certain running backs in certain situations. If you can keep a Fournette healthy and you can get him bruising in at that goal line or on a third and, you know, short, Makes more sense to me than running him into the ground. But we'll see what they do. I know Arians likes to actually use bell cows, but we'll actually, I'll keep an eye out on that. But honestly, for this one, I think Ronald Jones will still get the majority of touches. I'm going to give this one to Rich. And I mean, this this all depends on David Montgomery. I will say that. If David Montgomery plays, I'll give it to Rich. If not, Moose will probably win. The main thing that kind of scares me with Moose is the flexes right now. I mean, you have Hardman. Hardman easily, you can make a case he's, please excuse me, you can make a case he's fourth option. Don't get me wrong, any option on that offense is a fantasy asset. But Justin Jefferson, I've also seen, is not the wide receiver two in Minnesota right now. BC Johnson is. He's going to have to work up for that role. Nothing against Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be phenomenal in this league, just from what I've seen from him in college and from what I've seen from him on tape. I think there's no way he doesn't translate well into the NFL. He's had a slow start in camp. There's nothing wrong with that. It happens. Bissy Johnson's a two. Nothing even against him, though. But Hardman and Jefferson, as me at flexes right now, are eh. That's why I'm going to give this one to Rich. Next, we're going to move on to the Injured Reserve and the Flint Tropics. And we have Brody versus Ferlano here. And basically kind of going down the line, I'm I'm just going to right off the bat give this one to Brody. Sole fact, Lamar Jackson week one. And I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson plays in them NFC North games. And did I say NFC? AFC North games. And he's he's tough to stop. I mean... I've seen majority of this guy's highlights come against... No, it's not a diss. That's a really strong division. He just loves tearing them up. I also don't really care for Cleveland's defense this year. I have to see them play first. Miles Garrett's obviously Miles Garrett. But after that, they just keep getting thinner and thinner. I mean, they lost... They lost Grant Delpit. I guess they did bring in Ronnie Harrison. So that'll probably help them. But we'll see. 
I'm also just going to give this one to Brody for the sole fact. I mean, you have DeAndre Swift who's hurt. Carry on Johnson on Ferlano's team. Um, I honestly don't hate James White at flex. I'll be honest. That, to me, James White will always be a safe flex. I think he's earned Belichick's res- respect and trust as working as a majority of a pass catcher. I think that's a safe flex. Ayuk, I think you still need to kind of see what he does. And other, I'm just going to give it to Brody for the sole fact. I think right now... He's got one of the best teams in fantasy, so I'm just going to give him the win and move on. <laughs> We're going to go on to I'm the captain now in tax-free zone. Uh, keep in mind, i got to watch here. The tax-free zone has no defensive players in his lineup, so it's like, what the hell did he do to his team? <laughs> 288, no. Um, I'm honestly looking around, and this is uh, going to go to – I'm going to give this one to Sandy. And – don't get me wrong, McCaffrey can steal this one for leg, like, really easily. He could. And depending how Houston uses David Johnson, I'm going to be honest, I don't see David Johnson having a big week one against the Chiefs. I really don't. I'm going to give – I wouldn't be surprised if David Johnson finishes with under 20 points in week one. But I wouldn't panic about him because I still like him. But that's just – I don't like that matchup. McCaffrey could actually definitely steal you a win just like any other fucking week. But – I'm going to just go with Sandy. I think Melvin Gordon gets a fair, fair workload in week one. Um, however, I'm a little scared with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. That to me is like a fantasy football owner nightmare from what I've seen. They actually are both complementing each other really well. Could work, but it's just like everybody would rather have the workhorse over two guys getting the rock, right? But I guess one of them goes down, then you do have the workhorse. But I'm just going to give this one to Sandy. I mean, I'll get to the trade he made yesterday a little later, but... This one goes to Sandy. Next. Oh, yeah, I did not know we had the Flem Dog showdown in week one. But we have Brucetown B-Dog and Show Me Your TDs. Change the name from Give Me Kyler Murray because we aren't 14 anymore and your trailers don't work to get us trades through. But this is a fucking good ass game. Wow. Um, to pick a winner in this is really damn hard. I'll be honest. And I'm kind of just trying to look down the list, but I think I'm going to give it to Ben. Uh, You have Zeke, Henry, and Chubb. However, Henry and Chubb don't really have some... Actually, all those running backs kind of have tough matchups compared to Nellers, except for San Fran at Drake. (sighs) Yeah, this is one I'd obviously... By the way, (laughs) these podcasts, I just literally... Start recording and I go into the app, right? I I don't have anything scripted here, so I know this is the most unprofessional podcast in the history of podcasts. But that's why I do it. I'm gonna give this one to Ben. Um, I think his running backs are just I trust them more. They're too good, and oh, it's actually too close. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Ben. I also think that that Dak and Wentz could have big week one. I mean, the quarterbacks to me kind of make a difference here too, right? Like with Minshew to Wentz and Dak to Goff. Nothing against Goff, he's solid. But I don't know. I think the QBs may be the difference in this one because this team, these teams down everything else, man, they're close. Ah, We're going to have a damn good Fleming showdown week one, and I think everybody loves to see that. I'm going to give you my game of the week, and I don't think I need to talk any more than this. This is our game of the week. This is Ben. This is Ryan. These guys, we're not even in the house. We can't see behind the scenes. 
I've been in there and I've seen a chair thrown at a wall that made a hole. I've seen Ryan knocked out. I've, we don't know what goes behind the scenes when these guys play. But I can tell you right now, this is my game of the week because these not even the fact that it's the brothers, they did both of them did an amazing job dropping their team. These teams are fucking loaded. So, yeah. I mean, I just boned everybody for 11 minutes except myself. So that's good. We are going to move on to my review of some moves in the week. So, um, yeah, obviously, everybody likes to make trades in fantasy football right off the hop. You know you go home after the draft and you're already looking at people's teams and trying to get your guys. Fuck, look at me. I traded, I got ripped right after the draft. I gave Sanders, C.D. Lamb, and A.J. Dillon for Jerry Judy, but he's my guy, so I take my guy. I did get ripped, though, no doubt. <laughs> but I'm going to just talk about a couple of the main deals that went down this week. Um, let's start with yesterday. Sandy gives up on Chubb. He's going to trade Nick Chubb to Ben for Melvin Gordon, Jarvis Landry, and Derek Carr. And I'll break it down here because, yeah, in my opinion, Chubb is without a doubt the guy you need to keep over Melvin Gordon. Well, you, I mean, if you want to get some receiver help and you bring in Jarvis Landry, I understand, and you, you get an co- extra quarterback in Derek Carr. Um, It's not really a knock. I'm going to say Ben won the deal just because it's he got an RB1. I think Melvin's more of an RB2, low end, just because Lindsey's there. I'm high on Lindsey, so maybe I'm a little biased, but I would just definitely give Melvin a low end too. But I like Jarvis. Jarvis, to me, is honestly... You can't go wrong with him. He might even be safer than Odell. He gets a lot more slot looks. And from what we've seen from Baker so far on the deep ball percentages, you know, when, I mean, don't get me wrong, Odell obviously hit 1,000 last year and he had a good productive season, but Jarvis was better. And now they bring in Hooper into the deal, so that might not help Jarvis. But I think overall Jarvis honestly could be the more safer option in terms of um, whatever draft position, Cleveland receivers. So I understand his like for Jarvis, but to me, I would rather have Nick Chubb all day. And that's who I'm going to say wins the deal there on Ben. But I understand it from both ways. I'm looking in both shoes, right? But I'll give it to Ben just because I think for the sole fact, he definitely wins. And then the other one was me and Brody. Um, I go all in sometimes before the year. As we know, I do like to fuck myself. So I definitely could have done the same this year. And uh, basically... I won. I was sold on Acres, not completely though, and that was kind of bothering me. Um, Fournette, I had that gut feeling about right. So basically, what it was is I got who did I got some skid with Fournette. Oh, I got Lashawn McCoy. I don't. I honestly, completely honest. I think it was Cam Acres for Fournette and Shady. Basically, I thought Fournette. I was banking on him going to the Bucks. Because I was kind of looking at the other teams around. The Rams were an option. They counted him out. The Bears counted him out. Miami, I was scared shitless if he went to Miami. I was honestly probably going to run my head through a wall. But at the same time, I guess it works out. He goes to Tampa, but then Brody ends up getting his you know, running back that he was probably going to get more carries than Henderson. So he ends up getting, and now he has Henderson right as a safety. Akers, I think, is phenomenal. He's explosive. And I honestly thought, you know, it's one thing to say, ah, you look at who they had before, you know, they're going from Gurley to Akers. I mean, he's a second-round running back, and I think that's extremely underrated when people are talking about, 
you know, I mean, do you want to compare some of the second round running backs that have came out recently, right? I mean, we have, I don't know, I'm just trying to spitball. Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon, they were in the same draft. And I know I'm missing, you know, I'm already good. But those are the two big ones that come to me because I was expecting them to be first rounders. Obviously, if Mixon didn't knock someone out, he definitely would have been a first rounder. But by someone, I mean a girl. (laughs) But basic, yeah. I don't know. I really am sold on Acres, but not completely to the fact I don't know how he'll be used. As his ta- terms of talent, I'm sold. In terms of usage is what it kind of scared me. So then I see you, obviously, Bruce Arian says this about Leonard Fournette. And as um, many people have brought up, he's known to lie. But I honestly just, as I've said earlier, he's going to use certain running backs in certain situations at the start of things. That would be my prediction. I really don't think you come in and you see him give Rojo the bell cow. And I don't think you come in and see him give Fournette or Shady. I honestly think early down work could be Rojo, but I honestly think short yardage goal line, I would give the ball to Leonard Fournette. (laughs) I mean, why not? (laughs) Kind of got to be, that's kind of a no brainer, but over time can Fournette steal more touches? That's what I'm hoping for, and that's what I banked on. I didn't trade for Fournette, you know, to, you know, want him to go to Tampa as a in a committee. I really did do that anticipating he's just a better running back than Ronald Jones. And because of that, I'm honestly just going to give Brody the win on this because Cam Akers, now that I'm looking at it, he's now Henderson's hurt. He's not, you know, still not getting back on the field. Time is winding down towards Sunday. and. I mean, next Sunday. I don't know, it's not even Sunday yet. Before kickoff, right? And if Akers gets the... This is what I'm concerned about for Daryl Henderson. Obviously, Brody doesn't have to worry about this. He has them both. But Daryl Henderson needs to get on the field because Akers will not take very long to run away with this job. If he gets a majority of touches. I know Malcolm Brown is in the mix and they like him, but I really do think Brody wins this deal because... We aren't. We don't know about Fournette. I could win this deal if Fournette comes in and gets majority of touches, no doubt, in that offense, and they won't have a stacked box and yada yada yada. But Acres with Henderson not returning to the field could that could be deadly. And he also has a Dobbins, and I'm so sold on Dobbins. I won't even get started on that. Those are the two big deals I think that went on this this week. Um, so I'm going to say that Ben won the one, Brody won the other. But really, you can kind of see from both ways. Me, I just kind of wanted to take the fucking risk. So that's pretty much the only reason I'm looking at that. But uh, other than that, you really have to understand the fact there's no way we can predict how Bruce Arians is going to use this backfield. And there's really no way we can predict how Sean McVay is going to use the backfield. They've both proven to love bell cows, and they've both honestly recently used committees so as of right now nobody really knows it was kind of just a hail mary for both me and brody he had henderson made sense for him and for me it just didn't make sense i just wanted for net so that's pretty much my opinion on the two trades yiddly yeah All right, next I'm going to give my well shit for the week. I'll give you three players I think are going to do well. And I think the other one's explanatory. Um, If I'm going to start off with just somebody right off the bat that I love in week one. I mean, I already said it before, so I'm not going to do that one. I was going to say Cam Newton. But 
I'm going to give it to, honestly, somebody completely different here. And I love DJ Moore. I think, honestly, it doesn't really matter. If DJ Moore put up these numbers we saw last season with Kyle Allen, it's only going to get better with Teddy Bridgewater. Despite Teddy being more of a game manager, we may see Joe Brady, as you said the other day, uh, the OC in Carolina. He wants to use more of Christian McCaffrey. He doesn't see a problem with the way McCaffrey was utilized last year, touch-wise. He could have a similar season, so I'm pretty sure Legro might be boning after that. But DJ Moore is, was great value where Richards got him. And I think DJ Moore is really underrated still. Nobody talks about him as much as they should. He's literally like a Steve Smith. And, I mean, he could he could explode. I mean, not explode under Teddy, but he could have a similar season. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I definitely am not sold on that Vegas secondary. I don't think you exactly know what you're going to see. No preseason. Nobody really knows what Joe Brady is going to come out with with Teddy in week one. I really think they could explode with DJ Moore. If we're going to look at another guy I think is going to do one, ooh, you might hate me, Knack, but I'm going to go J.K. Dobbins. And when I say, well, I'm not saying this guy's going to break out for 60 points. I'm saying J.K. Dobbins is about to come in, and he's Harbaugh said he's going to get a pretty fair, decent workload. He's going to get his fair share of touches. Dobbins does not need many touches to get going. I am not... I think I've said this in a previous episode, but when I ranked the college running backs because I really loved this group of running backs coming out into the draft, I think they were obviously all close to second-round picks because of how loaded this draft was defensively. There was a lot of quarterbacks, receivers. These guys were all first-round running backs. DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins. I was... And Jonathan Taylor, sorry. I was completely sold on those four guys. And I had them ranked. I had Clyde as one. Dobbins was my two. Swift was my three. And Taylor was my four. I'm actually sorry. Other way around in the last two. Taylor was my three. Swift was my four. But they, I always switched them throughout the year. I couldn't really come up with who I liked more. And based on where they landed... I think Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line is a lot safer of a bet with a decreased workload. And I know they're really in similar situations, DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor. They really have a running back who's been there for a couple of years in the system before them, who's proven, well, on Johnson obviously has had some injury history, Marlon Mack also. But both of those guys have, you know, the trust of their coaching staff, and they're both actually going to be used, utilized pretty damn well off the hop. And if I'm going to guess, I wouldn't be scared about Jonathan Taylor's pass-catching ability right now, despite the fact they really do like Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor's way too explosive and downhill of a runner who can hit his holes and just go. He's big for... He will be a... If I had to compare him, he's like what Melvin Gordon was to Phillip Rivers. So Phillip Rivers is definitely going... And Marlon Mack is nowhere near as um, shifty as Austin Eckler. I think they kind of have to use them similar. But Jonathan Taylor is like a Melvin Gordon. And I don't honestly think I remember this correctly, which might be dumb on me, but I think Jonathan Taylor went to Wisconsin. I could be completely wrong on that. And hey, so did Melvin. So you know what? Nothing wrong with that, brother. But if I'm just going to go with a guy I just really, really... I just look how fucking sidetracked I get. It's Dobbins because he's going to get his touches and he's explosive and he's in the Baltimore offense. That's not fair. And it's just not. Just not fair, dude. 
And if I'm going to be honest with you, did we not see Sanu get cut the other day in that second-round pick the Patriots traded to Atlanta, was later traded to Baltimore for Hayden Hurst, and now they land J.K. Dobbins. I mean, come on. I'm not kidding when when I say Dobbins is going to be a high RB1. The second Ingram is gone. And that is nothing against Mark Ingram. He is a great downhill runner, but I simply just compare J.K. Dobbins to Saquon Barkley. And I think you'll understand what I mean when you watch him at the field. I don't know, the way he cuts, the way he's explosive, the way he runs, it really reminds me of Saquon. Just imagine that in the Baltimore offense. I'm sold. I'm sold. Next, I like DJ. Excuse my dog going nuts, probably. DJ Chark. I mean, for one, I'm not sold on Indianapolis. They got fucking what? Xavier Rhodes in there? What the hell is he? He's fucking burnt toast. That's what he is. But, man, DJ Chark's a machine. You look at anything coming out of Jacksonville camp. This guy has been, I mean, obviously him and Minshew already have a good report. But now it just seems like they're only growing stronger. And yes, this team will be getting blown out of fuck time. They are going to be throwing the ball. I'm not just high on DJ Chark in week one. I'm high on him throughout the whole year. However, in week one, I definitely think DJ Chark can go off. Now we're looking at some people I think can do piss. Oh, I really don't want to say it because I can get fucked. But Ryan Tannehill very well could have a bad game. From what I've seen, Denver defense looks damn good. Jarrell Casey getting added to the mix apparently has just been huge for Chubb and Vaughn coming off the edge. Obviously, our O-line is not the best, but I can only imagine Jarrell Casey coming in against his former team wants to leave an impression. Bryce Callahan looks good. A.J. Bouye looks good. Could be a rough game for Ryan Tannehill. I imagine they probably want to get Henry involved because he went absolutely off against Denver, but like... I don't know. We'll see what Tannehill does. He is was a damn good quarterback down the stretch. He was a QB1 down the stretch, and people forget about that. So he'll be one of my shits for this week. And if I'm going to go with another one, I think I'm going to go week one shit. Bear with me, people. Bear with me. Devontae Parker. I think, um, you know, he goes against... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he might be lining up against Stephon Gilmore. And he did have a big week 17 against New England. I can't really remember had New England been playing anybody that week. I don't know. But, like, I just honestly don't really care for Devontae Parker against Stephon Gilmore with whoever's going to be starting quarterback. It will actually probably be a decent game. I think New England definitely got weaker on the defensive side of the ball. But it's just more of the fact, I think, Stephon Gilmore is still the best corner in the league, and he's a blanket out there. If he wants to take Devontae Parker out of the game, he can do that. That'd be what? That'd be my second shit, right? Losing track, boys. And if I have to pick a third one? Uh, Curtis Samuel. Um... From what I've seen, Curtis Samuel, I mean, he just hasn't looked great in camp. He's definitely lost his number two role to Robbie Anderson. And even when he's on the field, it's like he's not on the field. He's not as explosive, someone even said, and which is kind of disappointing because that's Curtis Samuel's literally best part of his game. He also kind of turned it down, down the stretch last year, too. Like, he wasn't as good as he was in the beginning. And I am, of course, not sold on that Las Vegas. I mean, obviously I said DJ Moore was one of my, you know, wells. 
I'm going to give Curtis Samuel one of the shits because just I think Robbie Anderson coming in and Ian Thomas is a sleeper this season to do well. And from what I've seen, I'm just really not sold on Curtis Samuel. And I don't know if he'll be able to get going. He's not a terrible flex. But, I mean, hey, maybe I would play a little bit of that uh, Michael Pittman, brother. If I was you, Lego, I might have to put Mikey Pittman in the game. Other than that, I mean, those are three wells, three shits. Uh, I try to kind of keep it non-biased as much as I can. But I also try to look at it by a matchup perspective. And don't get me wrong, Las Vegas doesn't have the best secondary out there. But it's definitely... Broncos are trading... Fuck. See, man, like every time I get going on a roll, something comes up on my phone and I get damn distracted. (laughs) It's the most unprofessional podcast of the year. Anyway, oh, I didn't see Mac was playing CD there. I like that. But, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how long this episode was. It's a quick, you know, go at it. I can't really do power rankings. That would be another segment. But I already gave you my rankings post-draft. Nothing's really changed that much. So I'm going to just leave that as is. Um, The next podcast will be the Tuesday or Wednesday following week one Monday Night Football. Uh, Good luck to everybody this week, of course. Um, Unless you enjoy hauling three dab pens at once and you call up another special, then fuck you. Anybody, have a good week, guys. We'll see you next time.